0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Inner Path Podcast. I'm your host, Bia, and as always, I'm really, really excited to be here. So today, I wanted to talk to you guys about getting out of survival mode. It's something that I've been hearing a lot about, watching a lot of videos on TikTok and Instagram about this topic. And I figured, why not talk about it? I have been in survival mode for most of my life, and... Two years ago, that's when I started getting out of it, and I really never thought my life would feel so peaceful to me, um, and that is due to all the inner work that I have done and and everything, all the shadow work, everything that I did led me to this place, and I really wanna talk about that experience and how I was able to to just kind of snap out of it, although it was definitely a process it took me maybe two years to feel safe in my own body and my own skin um, so yeah that's what I want to talk to you guys about because when you are in survival mode and this is something that you need to like be very conscious about and and you need to understand this when you are in survival mode you're not gonna be able to create the life that you desire for yourself because survival mode is literally kind of like you're in a loop whatever that looks like for each person, you are in a loop of suffering or stress or pain, whatever it is. And until you get out of that loop, you will continue to perpetuate whatever already exists, if that makes sense. So, for example, for me, um, the fact that I felt abandoned by my dad and by my mom and I felt kind of neglected by them, emotionally especially, It made me neglect myself. It made me um, feel comfortable with people that also neglected me and also abandoned me. And I was constantly, we say attracting people, but the fact is we don't attract people. We either accept them or we don't. And, And I would accept people into my life that were literally just continuing that cycle of trauma of pain of suffering and until i was able to to like free myself from that i i continued to be in pain in one way or the other and only when i broke free that was when i i feel like i started living that's when i stopped existing and just like you know being alive but feeling kind of like dead inside to being alive and feeling alive it's a huge difference and that's also when I started attracting better friendships better men better people in general better like situations a better life and and I'm not saying that it's always rainbows and butterflies because it isn't obviously like there is always That natural flow of life, there's always the ups and downs, the webs and flows, but I am able to feel safe more often than not. I am able to to get into that inner stability, inner peace that I always get back to no matter how crazy it gets in my like reality, like externally, no matter what is happening around me, I am able to find that sense of like groundness, which before it was not possible at all. And so, yeah, that is why I want to talk about it. I feel like I have enough experience to talk about it. But obviously, and something that I do want to say in this episode is like, I'm no professional. I'm no therapist. And I feel like if you know that you are in survival mode right now, you need, if you can, you need to, you know, get a therapist. Like that is going to change your life. Um, Because you have coaches and you have mentors, and those are fine too, obviously. Um, But if you are dealing with deep rooted traumas, I 100% recommend that if you can, Get a good therapist. That will make all the difference in the world because they know how to deal with actual trauma situations. They know how to... They know how... Like, the tools that you need to heal, right? Because I'm only going to talk to you from my own personal experience and for for what has worked for me and the people that I've seen around me. But ultimately, I'm no therapist. Nor do I want to be because that's just not the vibe for me. But... It's important. I went to therapy for about two to three months. It was like a bit intensive because on the sidelines, I was also doing a lot of shadow work, a lot of inner child work, healing. I was already working on myself so much. And so doing that alongside therapy was life-changing. And it really allowed me to like... Certain things just clicked for me. I I was able to see much more clearly. And... And yeah i feel like that was a big step for me to heal a lot of the wounds that were getting in the way of me creating a good life for myself because you already know that before this journey started before the big changes in my life started to happen i was in a very toxic relationship for seven years guys seven years <laughs> that is no joke um And I I used to attract people that, like, just... They were really mean. They were bad to me. They were toxic. I was toxic, too. I was super dysfunctional. I was not a healthy person at all, like, whatsoever. Um, And I did not know how to deal with stress, with, like, adversity. I did not know how to deal with the regular life stuff. If it wasn't super awesome then I would completely fall apart. Because there was no inner structure to like keep me in place, to like secure me in the moments of most distress, and the moments of most like, you know, things are happening, there's chaos, there's like, I don't know, like for example in school there were deadlines, there were tests, there were exams. Like I used to feel so chaotic and it would completely like tear me apart. And then there was heartbreak and all those things. And I would literally, like, no shit. I would just literally want to die. And nowadays, I never get so deep and so kind of drowned in that, that I feel those things. I I just don't anymore, thankfully. (laughs) Because until then, it was really, really dark, you know? I was a very like depressed person and i had really dark thoughts and i was such a mess like such a mess guys everything was chaotic in my life or at least that's how i was perceiving it but now i know that it was because i was in in survival mode i'm looking there i'm looking at my computer because i forgot the word but yeah i was in complete survival mode so let's just start at the beginning. Like, what is survival mode? Again, I'm no professional. I look these up online just to give you a more, like, solid uh, definition or a more solid understanding of what it is. But most of what I'm going to talk about is obviously going to be from my experience. And that's why I recommend if you're going through it and if you can, please get a therapist. Please get someone that, can, that specializes in working with people that are in that place of trauma and deep wounds, okay? But basically, what I gathered online and what I um, relate to from my own experience is that when you are in survival mode, what that means is that you're basically in self-preservation mode. So, if you dealt with like traumas as a kid in your life in general, and it was like it kind of shook you like to a point where you just felt like you might die, even if that was just your perception of it. So it's not necessarily that you went through a literal like threatening th- threatening situation, but it might have been a perceived threat. Because sometimes our brain, and this is what I researched online, but I totally relate to this sometimes our brain perceives something as like life threatening when it's not, but somehow it it feels life threatening that's what happens when for example we go through ego deaths that's when we start changing or things around us start changing that's when someone screams at us and yells and maybe it feels like we are in actual danger you know so it doesn't really matter if logically you feel like oh but what I went through wasn't that traumatic because I'm gonna obviously talk to you about the signs of you know if you are in survival mode these are some of the things that you might like notice that you're going through so you're gonna see if that relates to you if you identify with it or not but you don't have to like have this like crazy history you know of like traumas and shit happening to you sometimes it's things that are quite simple but as a kid you did not know how to process them and so you never did they they were kind of stuck with you i i like to see myself as like different let's say bodies like i have different um dimensions to my body let's say there's like the physical dimension to it then there's the emotional level to my body so i say there's the emotional body the energetic body the physical body um And so I feel like if you don't process certain things, for example, that emotionally you went through in your childhood, it gets stuck in your emotional body, which obviously then might even affect your physical body at some point. So there's all these things that get stuck inside of you. And if, because you don't process them because you don't know how when you're young, or maybe you just, you you weren't that young, but you didn't know how to process it because you didn't have enough knowledge, your parents did not teach you how to regulate yourself and your nervous system, you know, like, but my point is you didn't know how to like release it. You didn't know how to let it go. And so it stayed with you. And that became part of, of you, that became part of that like kind of energetic body, let's say. It literally feels like if I were to visualize this, I would, or if I were were to like try to explain this, it it feels like lumps in our bodies, but like energetically and emotionally, it's like, it, it just doesn't flow properly. Our life stops flowing properly when we are in survival mode. Actually, everything feels so hard and so difficult because it is. Because something inside us is so stuck. Our energy, our emotional energy is so stuck that things just don't flow the way they should, the way they're supposed to. We are constantly in that cycle. We are constantly feeling that resistance within ourselves. So like things just don't flow. It's so hard all the time. It's so stressful. It's so like, you know, it's so um, draining. and, And that might be you know, one of the, the kind of results of being in survival mode. So again, it's not necessarily that you dealt with like these big traumas, we don't have to compare traumas, it doesn't matter, you know, it could have been that your parents yelled at you and someone else was like beaten up. I'm saying this from a place of like, I was beaten up myself. It does not matter. It doesn't make it worse. Like obviously, objectively, one thing feels worse than the other or is actually worse. But to a kid, it does not matter because a kid does not know worse or does not know best. A kid just knows that. That's the only thing they know, right? So so it doesn't matter. That's the first thing I wanna say you don't have to, like, sometimes there might be imposter syndrome about, like, yeah, but, like, it wasn't that bad, like, my parents did the best they could, like, don't dismiss your shit, you know, like, don't dismiss the trauma that you went through, because it counts, it was important, and if you keep dismissing it, then you're not really giving yourself an opportunity to grow into. And to heal and to break out of that loop, to break out of those cycles. If your life feels like a repetitive cycle and you just keep, like, you keep living in pain, you keep living in suffering or in heartbreak, and it just like happens over and over again. It feels like it's the same story, but with different characters. You are probably in survival mode, or you are stuck in a pattern somehow. And this is something that you need to look at because if not then you're gonna keep living on it. And I'm pretty sure you don't want that. I didn't want that for sure. Um, but it took me a while to to break free. So the other thing about survival mode is you, there's called, like these are called the like fight, flight or freeze responses. You probably have heard of this at some point. But it's basically like the reactions that your body and that you have, whether it's emotionally, like physically, in terms of behaviors, whatever it is. But it's the responses that you have to life. And it usually comes from a place of being in survival mode or having some type of trauma. So I don't know these like very deeply and you can research these online. But basically, the fight mode is being very defensive like you always have the need to argue with people or you always feel constantly attacked like you feel like everyone is out to get you um you might be a very aggressive person or you tend to like snap snap out um not snap out just snap (laughs) at people and you tend to just lose it uh you have like short temper that might be a fight response Um, Not letting go of something, for example I feel like that might also be Like, for example, in a relationship If you feel like the other person is pulling back And you're just like, no, but stay here Like, that might be the fight response of like you know, not wanting to let it go, not not being able to just separate yourself from the situation and and withdrawing a bit as needed. You just wanna go, 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 and you're not willing to let it go, even if that means putting yourself in a like bad situation. Then there's a flight mode, which is the opposite. It's basically like avoidance, running away, wanting to just, yeah, like completely just shutting everyone, like just go away. For example, in relationships, you might be an avoidant person or, you know, if someone is fighting with you, you just like, I don't go, I don't care, I don't care, like goodbye. And you never listen, like you just kind of want to run away from conflict or you, you know, you're dealing with stress in your life or, you know, you want to start a business, let's say, but because it's scary, you just like keep running away the other direction. That is the flight response. And then there's the freeze response, which is trying to numb down your emotions, trying to constantly distract yourself, procrastinating, not really responding in any way, like kind of being indifferent um, to life in general. You're just kind of like, eh, like I don't care. It might uh, come with drinking, smoking, just doing whatever it takes to kind of not be in this reality. So those were kind of the examples that I got and things that also happened to me as I was growing up. I used to be, I know you probably don't see me being this person, but I used to be such an angry kid. Like I would literally snap so easily. I literally once punched a girl for dropping my sandwich. My sandwich! If you watch Friends, you know what I mean. You know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. My sandwich, I punched the girl. She broke her nose. I'm not proud of that. But I'm just saying, I want you to know that I wasn't always this, like, angel person. Like, I know I'm super cute and I'm super, like... I am soft, I am a very soft person and I think I've always been, but I was in, in survival mode and for me that meant sometimes fighting and you don't just choose one, by the way, you can like be in multiple modes, like sometimes I would obviously be in the flight uh, response or the freeze response, it just depends on the situations, right? But yeah, sometimes I would fight, literally, I would punch people, no, just just that one person one time, but um, sometimes I would want to... Oh. I guess with my uh, sister, too. <laughs> but, you know, brothers and sisters, if you have them, you understand, probably. Um, but fighting, it was also arguing with my parents, like, not knowing when to drop something. They might have not, like, they wouldn't listen to me. Or I, I knew that they weren't listening. Or I knew that they didn't care. Or I knew that they I would probably pay the price, let's say, for, like replying to them and like talking back but i was like i'm not gonna shut up and i would like continue and just not drop it at all i would i would be like this isn't fair i don't agree i would scream at them like if they were to yell i would yell even louder like i swear they could not yell louder than me they just couldn't i would like completely lose my shit you know what i mean uh there was this one time i'm gonna share this from like I'm human and obviously I'm not proud of this but I want you to know that like that's how bad it got like I was someone that I did not recognize like when I went into the fight mode and I was like in complete rage I was someone I was actually scared of like I feel like I was worse than the worst I've seen of my parents you know Or maybe it just felt scarier because it was in me. And I was like, what am I becoming, you know? I I had those moments so often, especially during my adolescence. But there was this one time where I was, like, so angry at my mom. And I had, like, a spoon, one of those kitchen spoons to, like, stir the soup and all. It was a wooden spoon. I was just... I was losing it. And I just throw it so fucking hard. Not really at her, but also... Too close, you know. I was just like throwing it, and it almost fucking hit her, guys. Like I'm not joking. I'm laughing, but it's because kind of like it makes me uncomfortable to talk about this, and when when I talk about it, I feel kind of nervous, and so that's why I'm smiling. It obviously it's not good. I I, I don't like that, right? And with my ex too. Like I I had I was terrible sometimes. Like I was viciously, uh, <laughs> impressively um angry and just raging like the female rage that you hear about like i was that obviously that still exists within me if like i ever need it but i was constantly in that response for me the flight looked like just avoiding at some point i started avoiding things for sure (laughs) and the freeze later in my adolescence like when i was 18 19 I started, like, drinking more, going to parties so, so often, uh, smoking weed, and, like, I would, I remember that I would smoke weed sometimes, because I did not want to have, like, conversations with my, at the time boyfriend, with my ex, right, because I just, I knew if I wasn't smoking, I would, we would argue, because things weren't okay, but I didn't want to go there. I was scared of going there. I was scared of confrontation. So I would just like do anything I could to numb it down. And so so I would literally not be in this reality. You know what I mean? So that was me in full survival mode. You know you're in survival mode. And these are kind of the signs that I feel like were the ones that I related to the most. There were many, many signs you can search them online, obviously, but I wanted to share the ones that I relate to the most so I can also, you know, talk about my story and give you actual examples. Um, one of them is struggling to meet your basic needs. And I think this is a, bi- a big one, a big one. That's why I decided to share it with you guys because I know that when people are in survival mode, they struggle with showering, with eating, with, uh, with drinking water. Um, Or they eat too much because it's also like, you know, a trauma response over uh, overeating. Like that's something I used to do a lot. Um, But yeah, like just in general, not really being able to keep up with yourself with the most basic stuff like showering, brushing your teeth. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you already know that like for ages, I didn't brush my teeth. I had a hard time like showering even if I felt dirty I would just like not do it cleaning my room for example I wasn't the worst for example my sister I don't know if she listens to the podcast but like my sister I remember the like when I was an adolescent still she was in the worst phase of that like period and she would literally keep like food in there in the drawers and I drawers yeah and I remember like having like um sandwiches with like mold and stuff like that it was really disgusting but just to give you an example like you know not keeping up with your room like until a point where it's not really sanitary (laughs) you know what I mean I'm sure a lot of you might even relate to this and not here to judge you i'm not here to like point fingers to tell you that you're dirty or whatever like of course it's not good but but we're gonna go there okay because like one thing at a time we don't have to blame ourselves we don't have to to like uh, shame ourselves for where we are it's actually and i talk about this often like it's it's about loving ourselves enough that we start doing those things so no shaming here i'm just trying to like Kind of bring light to this, so you can notice maybe certain things that you might do yourself that are like, whoa, why am I doing this? Like, how how am I stuck in some type of like pain cycle of suffering? Um, So that's it. The other thing is being emotionally reactive, like being on edge all the time. As I showed you by my examples, like a girl dropping my sandwich, like that's not a big deal. That isn't. I would snap so easily at people. Maybe, for example, you're in traffic and you just lose it. You're literally like going mental, like, like complete mental, complete like, you know, you're just you you just want to kill someone all the time. you lose it maybe with, um, the clients or customers in the place that you work with or your coworkers, you're always arguing or you lose it as in like, maybe you cry for no reason. I don't know. Like you just kind of snap very easily. You know, you are in reaction. You don't have a separation from your emotions. Like you instantly just feel this anger and it just kind of blinds you, um, and obviously, that is a sign that your emotions are not really regulated well, because yes, sometimes our emotions are intense. They are, and sometimes we feel so much it feels like too much, but it, it should never go to such an extreme that it like completely destroys us and our life and the people around us. You know, it's not supposed to do that, and if it's doing that. It's a, a good sign that, you know, something is up and, and and there is some some like stored anger or some stored emotions within you that you need to work through. Cause sometimes anger is not anger at all. Sometimes it's like deep sadness or deep fear, whatever it is. But like anger is one of the easiest emotions to externalize, let's say, cause it just it gets released so easily, it's easy to work through it, or, or it's easy to like express it, cause it makes us feel, or in that moment, it makes us feel like we are powerful, cause anger is so powerful, and it is. But a lot of times that anger is actually masking other feelings like sadness, or grief, or as I was saying, fear, you know? So that also might be something that you can ask yourself, like, why am I always angry? Is it really anger? Like, what is making me feel this way? Because what I noticed is the anger that I felt wasn't anger at all. It was a deep feeling of injustice because my parents would treat me so badly. Like, they would literally physically abuse me. And I was not perfect, but I was not a bad kid. Like, I I was good. I was a girl. I was a little girl, you know? Like, I was innocent in my, in my own mistakes. I was innocent, like, in my own shit i was innocent you know i i was just pure i was just discovering life discovering myself exploring and and in that exploration we make mistakes we fuck up we we do things that we shouldn't do we sometimes are people that we don't want to become eventually but we go through those phases because it's just a natural process a natural part of growth and and i felt like i was always like being just punished all the time for being human you know and i was like looking back i still have the same opinion um it was just unnecessary, and it wasn't so unfair so unfair right and i felt that because i felt frustrated i felt angry because i didn't feel seen or heard at all they saw in me this like monster this like deviant person and i was just like dude, like, calm down. There's much worse out there. Like, you are lucky to have me, you know? And there was also a deep sense of, like, sadness and grief because I did not get the parents that I wanted. At least not at the time, it didn't feel that way. I'm grateful for my parents nowadays, and I'm grateful for everything that I went through and the good things that they taught me because they did do good things. Um, And I'm grateful because I also got to see them grow as people and and i i know that they have done so much to kind of redeem themselves from those mistakes they're not perfect still they will never be but i had to grieve the parents that i wanted for myself you know there was so much anger for like feeling like they abandoned me they they when they stopped seeing me as a little girl someone that was like you know needed protection someone that needed them someone that needed their love and it was just punishing after punishing after punishing. I needed to grieve that. And I had so much anger, but it was actually sadness. So the other thing is, this is getting deep, guys. <laughs> this is getting deep. I mean, we're talking about some deep some deep stuff today, but I'm glad that I can bring it here because I really want this to be out there for people our age, in their 20s and people that really want to change their life and want to turn their life around, like, I'm here for you. You know what I mean? So the other thing is you feel numb or you find ways to numb yourself. As I told you, that was a big one for me. Like, I would literally find any fucking excuse to not be in this reality in the present moment. I would just try to escape as much as possible. Like, find ways to kind of zone out. I would binge watch TV shows like... When I say binge watch, I mean binge watch guys. I remember like during summer because obviously like you don't have school so you have a lot of time and I did not want that time, you know? I don't I didn't feel comfortable with myself, with my thoughts, with with anything. I used to watch like I I used to wake up let's say around 4 p.m. and then I used to go to bed at 7 a.m. and that would like go on for like a month or more. And I would not stop watching TV shows in the meantime. Like I would literally watch TV shows from 4 p.m. to 7 a.m. <laughs> like, all the time. Like, just binge watch it. I would only stop to like go to the bathroom and to eat. That was it. Like, that was it. And obviously, as I told you, the smoking, the going to parties, I would always go to parties thinking, I wanna get drunk. I feel like that is, you know, sus, (laughs) something is up. Why would I want to get drunk every time I go to a party like a party is already fun, right? Like a party has already good music and you can already dance and you're with your friends. Why did I need to get drunk? I didn't feel comfortable with myself. I didn't feel comfortable in my skin deep down. I didn't feel comfortable with my friends, although they weren't necessarily all terrible. But I think because I didn't feel comfortable being my full self. I only felt like I could let loose when I was drinking and when I felt tipsy. But then it was never it would never stop at just tipsy. I would always like overdo it and and I would get drunk. And a lot of times I ended up, you know, just throwing up and feeling really sick the day after my dad caught me many fucking times too many. I was a really bad drunk in terms of like, I just did not know how to hide it at all. Um, of course, I have good memories from that time, but I understand that the reason why, you know, I would overdo it, it wasn't come, of, come of, coming from a natural place of, you know, I was just drinking and I kind of went overboard. Like I wanted to do it. I wanted to get so drunk until I wasn't there anymore, until I was just like floating through time and space Until I felt comfortable to be with the people that I knew from school and and I didn't feel scared of like the fact that they were there They were seeing me and they were always watching me believe me guys (laughs) Um, But yeah, like for example also scrolling on your phone. That's a big one. I'm glad I wrote it (laughs) on my laptop That's a big one scrolling on your phone to not feel things to to just never be with yourself for one single moment you're going through heartbreak instead of like processing it and being with it you're just like constantly watching videos constantly scrolling on tiktok or reels or whatever it is you know what i mean like i'm sure that happens to a lot of people and i'm not here coming from like a place of you know i'm so good like I also scroll sometimes. I find myself scrolling a lot more when I'm going through hard times because it's easier. But I already have that awareness and a lot of times I'm just like, Okay, I'm 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 doing it too much. I know that for me to get out of this like weird place, this in-between space of not really knowing where I am, or this space of like pain and, and, and feeling scared or, or feeling, you know, heartbreak or whatever it is, I know I need to go there. So eventually I always sit down I sit with my emotions thankfully I also have friends around me nowadays that that really know how to hold space for me they really notice me and they really like they know when I need them they know when I need to like work through something and and me and my best friend are always like going back and forth when we need to work on something because I remember I was really avoiding heartbreak like uh, last month and if it wasn't for her I don't think I would have went there so easily I would have I don't think I would have gone there (laughs) so easily. I think it would have taken me a lot more time because I was scared. And when she brought it up and she was like working with me, uh, working with me through it, it allowed me to release a lot more. And I'm grateful for those people that I have around me because they really help me just get in touch with myself when I forget that I need to do that. But also I've I've been through this journey for like two years through two and a half, three years. And so I, I feel like I'm already at this point where I, I can recognize more easily when I am avoiding myself and avoiding something that I desperately need to work through. But these are some of the signs. And the other one, the last one that I have here is chronic stress, unresolved stress. For me, this looks like I always remember my mom when I, when I think about this. She's always always stressed like even if it's like you know it's the weekend we want to like go for a walk we just want to you know just go do something somewhere we don't have time we don't have a schedule we don't have anything planned but my mom is constantly stressed she's like we need to go we need to leave and it's always like it's like she can't breathe she doesn't breathe she doesn't talk she doesn't stop to just sit with herself and like (sighs) You know, she doesn't. She's always like going and going and going and her brain does not stop. For me, chronic stress might also look like overthinking too. I feel when you're you're constantly overthinking and I used to describe myself as an overthinker, like I know that that might also come from like the stress. You just want to figure things out so badly that you can't stop thinking about it. But actually thinking about it is just making it worse that's a whole conversation for another episode but but yeah overthinking i think is also a sign of like unresolved stress and all of this comes from unresolved things from the past from any traumas from anything that hurt you from anything that impacted you negatively that you never resolved that you didn't know how to like Navigate at the time that you didn't know how to regulate and release. So for example, stress gets stuck in the body. Like if you deal with a stressful situation, like for example, my, my parents like beating me or yelling at me all the time or yelling at each other, like always being so aggressive around the house. Until I dealt with that, everything was always like, for me, it was always on edge. You know, I was always like, I, I felt like I was always almost falling apart almost always like dying i just felt always threatened by the simplest things you like arrive late to work and you're not chilled you are literally losing it like you feel like you're gonna die you, like, um, get late to a party, like a friend's party, and you feel like you're gonna die. Like, when it feels so stressful that, it, like, if you look at the situation objectively, and this is actually something my therapist taught me, which I don't know what the fuck the, the noise is. The, the, the noise in the city, guys. The noise in the city. It annoys me so much sometimes. As I was saying, my therapist actually told me once, like, when something... Is objective And, okay, it's not the best. Like, getting late, you know, it's not good. But if you feel a reaction to it, it's completely out of proportion. Like, you're literally feeling like you're dying. Like, it's so big inside of you. But if you look at it from, like, an outsider perspective, you're like, I guess it's not that stressful. Because, like, okay, I'm arriving late to this party, but, like, it's okay. I got, uh, like, I got stuck in traffic or... When I arrive there, everything is gonna stay the same. And, in- and instead, you're like, oh my God, this is terrible. What are they gonna think about me? Whatever it is, you just make it so big. When it's completely out of proportion, that's when you know you are stuck in that like trauma, in that pain, in that survival mode. Because when I learned how to be safe with myself, the stressful things stopped being so stressful. I have an example for you. When I went to study in the UK, I went there alone. I wasn't supposed to go alone. I was actually supposed to go to with my ex, but I broke up with him last minute. After that, we made up because I, I came back to Lisbon. It's a long story, but when I went there, I went there alone. And I remember it was kind of like... um it was in a city it's Coventry it's called Coventry and it that city is particularly like dangerous that's what they say at least the su- suburbs of the city like literally they are dangerous like there's like gang fights and shit you know like it's dangerous um and I was so scared because it was the first time I was in a place like that I ha- I went to Lon- London like a few years before that but, but yeah I was like scared obviously cuz it is scary to know that, you know, there are dangerous people out there. Portugal is a very safe country compared to most countries out there. <laughs> um, and so I felt definitely scared for a good reason. But basically, I went to the, my house and I was alone at the time. There were other students coming in a few weeks later, but at the time I was alone I had the keys, I had all of that, but I did not know how to lock the door from the inside when I got there. The problem is I did not have data because I was in another country and there was no Wi-Fi at home because we were the ones responsible to like get the Wi-Fi. And so I was literally super like, what the fuck? Like how I cannot not lock this door. And so I was like, okay, I need to find internet because I remember on the way, um, I remember that on the way from, like, the the, the, train, the train station to my house, there was, like, Wi-Fi in, like, the, the main square. So, basically, I was like, I have to go to the main square, get Wi-Fi, talk to the landlord, and be able to, you know, figure out how to lock the door from the inside because I want to be safe. But I was like, oh, my God, but I have my bags here. And they were, like, giant fucking bags, and going with my bags, two of them, they're, they're huge, I'm not joking, they're so huge. Literally, they weighted more than 50 kilos. <laughs> they were really, really huge. Um, each, each, guys, not like together, each. Um, and so I was like, if I go with them, I feel like I'll be, I, I don't have arms, like I feel like I'm more exposed, so I don't wanna do that. If I leave them here, I can't, I don't know how to lock the door from any, like not the inside or the outside. I just don't know how to lock the door because there was like a very weird mechanism to it and I didn't know. Um, And so I was like, I have to leave my bags here. If it was before that, because at that point I was already like into spirituality. I was already in the process of beginning that journey. It was, it was still very hard. I'm not going to lie. I cried a little. I was like, oh my God, this is such a mess. But then I was like, okay, I'm gonna take deep breaths. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna take the most important things like my wallet all of those things, like my documents, and I'm gonna go. I did it, everything got figured out. I, I learned how to lock the door <laughs> and my bags were still inside. It was really terrifying. If I was still in a very hardcore survival mode, I don't know how I would have thought my way out of it. I don't know how I would have figured it out. The problem with being in survival mode is that you literally lose the ability to think. You lose the ability to like, uh, you lose the ability of problem solving. Like you lose that completely. And I was, you know, as I was searching about it a bit online, I don't know too much about it but literally like other parts of your brain become so active when you are being threatened that the the logical part of your brain the part of your brain that can kind of uh let's say create a like criticize or um assess you know what i mean like analyze that part of your brain that has the critical thinking it's not going to be activated when you're in fight or flight, when you're like in survival mode. In survival mode, you become an animal. You become very much not rational at all. Um, and so it, it's not going to help you deal with stress. We all deal with stress, but some people lose their shit and some people somehow they, they deal with it. That was always, like, crazy to me. And nowadays, I get it. Like, nowadays, what used to be stressful to me before doesn't feel stressful anymore. Like, if I lose my train, okay, I have the next one. If I'm arriving late, okay, I'll call. Maybe I'll lose my job. But, like, there's nothing I can do at this point. I always ask myself that now. Like, is there something I can do right now to change the situation? If not, I'm going to stop. If not, I'm going to, like... Take a step back. I'm gonna withdraw from like being in the stress from like, because the stress will not help you. It will not. It will just make you feel worse. Give you less like headspace to actually think about how you can figure it out, how you can solve the situation. And it will just leave you like your nervous system will just be activated in all the wrong ways. You know, you're just going to be in stress. You're going to be like shaking. Like, you're not going to be able to, to do anything. And that's definitely not helpful. So for me, that is a very big one. Like, unresolved stress, being stressed about the smallest things. The smallest things. Like, someone comes into your house, and I, I, I keep talking about this, literally thinking about my mom. Someone, like, is coming to your house, and you're just like, everything is a mess, blah, blah. blah. And there's maybe, like, one shirt on the couch, you know? It's like, it's so, it's taken out of proportion. So really start thinking about those. Um, Something that I do wanna say is, being in survival mode is different than, like kind of like the chronic survival mode, is different than sometimes going there. Cause during the summer, and I think I, I should talk about this, During the summer, I had a situation where, you probably already know this, but you know, someone stole my phone, I broke my glasses, there was a bunch of shit going on that week, and I actually went to fight or flight. And, well, freeze in this case. I was just like, I didn't know how to act because I went into survival mode. It shook me so much. That it made me go back to that state of like feeling threatened like what what is going to happen. Although again, it was kind of out of proportion. It wasn't real. It was just real emotionally speaking, because somehow that stirred up certain things that were very much I, I never realized that those were there. Right. But when you face things that somehow trigger the the like traumas that you have from the past even if you think that they're resolved already but somehow it just triggers that flight or flight in you that trauma response that like survival mode it's usually because there's something there from the past that like somehow links to the situation somehow is a parallel somehow it's similar for me it felt like, I was scared because, obviously, I was in another country. I I had to, like, figure it all out. I felt a bit lost. Um, and there were, like, certain things happening with the mother of the kids there. And I was, I was just feeling stressed because I was like, what is going to happen now? And it brought me back to that, like, trauma response of, like, just not... Yeah, just being in, in survival mode, I just didn't know what to do. And... And obviously now I have the tools to, to like, to come out of that situation, to come back to myself. But if you've never done it, it is a longer journey. Like for me, it took me maybe one, two weeks, right? At this point. But until I like officially came out of survival mode, it took me two years maybe. Um... So, yeah, now let's get to the actual interesting part of this podcast. And I'm just kidding. Like, obviously, this is all important because I do want you to feel seen. I want you to understand this, like, really not just talk like I'm a therapist, like I'm a scientist. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm talking about my own personal perspectives and my own story, while inspiring you to you know, reflect and, and look at your own life and be like, okay, where does this apply? Where do I resonate with this? And how can I like do better for me, by me, you know? So how to come out of fight or flight mode? For me, it's simple, you need to find safety. It's just period, you need to find safety. There's no other way. And safety is actually much more important than we think Because until you feel safe, nothing else can happen. I'm telling you, nothing else can happen. Nothing else. And I mean good relationships. I mean uh, like money, like uh, fulfilling money. I mean a fulfilling career. I mean doing things outside of your comfort zone, which is literally where growth happens. It's where you change your life. But if you don't feel safe in your body at all, then you're not gonna feel safe to step outside of your comfort zone. You're not gonna feel safe to be vulnerable, to love and, and to open yourself up. You're not, I'm, I'm telling you. And and I'm not saying that like, you can't find relationships, relationships in the meantime. I found relationships that made me feel safe to a certain degree, but to another degree, they also uh, were very toxic because they made me feel safe because they gave me something. But then, uh, like, starting at a certain point, it would be the other way around. Like, it would make me feel unsafe because suddenly it would just perpetuate the traumas that were already there, you know? I do feel like people around you are important to create safety, That's why community is important. Like if you have a good community, that's already so good. I'm not saying that you need to find a sense of safety just with yourself. But you need to feel safe with yourself. Like alone, by yourself, with your own thoughts. And that is something that you build. Because when you have that safety, then you have trust. Which is, I would say, the second layer. And then you build the self-love. And when you have self-love, you have everything, you know. So the safety how to actually create safety how to cultivate safety there's many levels of being safe just like there's many levels of feeling threatened there's emotional the mental the physical that those are it for me um those are the ones that i think are yeah the most important and and so each level each kind of like dimension of you might need a different way around it like might might need something specific to make you feel safe. For example, your body if you're a grown-up adult, you are probably already safe unless someone is I hope hopefully not but unless someone is like literally you know either using your body or um, being aggressive towards your body, or you know like literally making you feel unsafe in your body because you are being actively threatened that's also something else like if you are being actively threatened emotionally physically or mentally it's normal that you are in survival mode and you need to you need to figure out and I cannot stress this enough you need to figure out how to get the fuck out <laughs> and if you live with your parents cuz i know there are also people that are a bit younger if you live with your parents and you know you have to because the only other option is you know being homeless then that's a very hard situation uh obviously i went through that for a long time i wanted to leave my house but i stayed because the option for me was worse and and so i get you but believe me you can still figure out Create your little bubble it will never be the most peaceful because as you are still in the place that hurt you in the place that threatened you and made you feel this way in the first place you will I don't think you will ever feel completely safe again like for example when my um, like when you when my um, relationship sorry when my relationship started being really bad and I felt unsafe because my my ex would cheat on me and I felt like he could cheat on me or abandon me or leave me at any point. I just didn't feel honored at all. So emotionally, I felt threatened. I would never be able to feel safe with that person again. And actually, I only realized that after leaving, which was I should have broken up the first time this happened, (laughs) which was in seven years of our relationship. It was it wasn't even a year before we start after we started dating. I should have broken up then because at that point I knew like I couldn't trust him. I wanted to try, but after that moment I never felt fully safe again. And that changed my behavior. That changed the way I felt around him about the way I, I felt about myself. So it's, it's something like you should take this very seriously. Your safety is so important. You should always figure out how to create the most safety for you. Which And safety is not the same thing as comfort, you know? Sometimes you're going to feel threatened and it's going to be for the right reasons. So that's why you also have to be aware. Sometimes I feel threatened when I make certain choices in my business or when I open my heart to love but I know that it's coming out of alignment and it's coming out of love for myself and like I'm following my heart's desires, it doesn't mean that it's not gonna feel threatening and then that's when you have to understand what is actual threats to your safety and perceived threats to your safety, which are basically just illusions in a way. It's just like the remembrance of what once felt threatened, threatening. So, for example, opening your heart to love might feel threatening because maybe someone else has hurt you, you know? So, it's going to feel threatening, but it's not necessarily that the situation itself is threatening. You know what I mean? So, for me, safety, again, has to happen in all these levels. And I would say for the mind level, for the the mental um, level of the safetiness, it's learning to practice mindfulness learning to be present, so things like meditation, breath work, um, just being more conscious, not always distracting yourself, starting to hear your thoughts. Journaling helped me a lot too because I finally had a place to like not necessarily escape to, right? I would escape but in a good way because I would be able to put it all on paper. I could release whatever was there. I could observe those things as I talked about it, as I allowed myself to to like put my thoughts somewhere. It felt less daunting and it felt less overwhelming, and it also taught me how to understand my own thoughts in my own mind. It it helped me become aware of myself and and that helps you create a sense of safety because then you 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 start understanding your thoughts they start feeling less scary because thoughts are just thoughts they're not that important unless you give them importance when you don't know how to differentiate thoughts from reality then that's when it feels threatening because if you think oh my god this might lead to like whatever And you're overthinking something and you're in fear. Those are thoughts. And it might not even be real. It's just your perceived reality from like past wounds and past traumas, you know. So understanding your thoughts will help you kind of like dismantle these beliefs and and understand what are lies and what are truths, you know. The other thing is for the body, cultivating mindfulness is is good too. being present in your body. Also learning how to feed yourself how to hydrate yourself how to take care of your hygiene that is highly recommended it will help you feel safer it will help you feel like you're being taken care of because if you're hungry all the time not or or you're always feeling sick because you eat so much or you know you're just not really taking care of your body you're not going to feel safe you're going to feel the opposite you're going to feel maybe not threatened, but abandoned and and neglected. And obviously neglect never creates a sense of safety. It's not abuse, but it's also not good. The other thing for me that helped me a lot was learning to caress my body. I talk about this a lot. And if you would like me to, you know, maybe have a workshop talking about this specifically or, you know, just something, just dive into this a little more, I would love to talk about it so you can DM me, or you can um, just, you know, follow me, review the podcast, just let me know that you're listening, and let me know that you like what you're hearing, because then I, I would love to do something like that for you guys, but caressing my body has been very important, and I do it from a place of Connecting to my inner child. So I knew I was going to talk about inner child today because like the inner child was the most significant thing I have ever done for myself, like working with my inner child. It was transformational when it comes to like getting out of survival mode. I needed to go there and connecting to my inner child deeply was the most healing thing I have ever done. I'm not joking. So when I caress my body, when I hug myself, when I kiss myself, obviously it's hard to kiss yourself, but like I usually kiss my arms, I kiss like my legs or my knees when I'm like all like fetus mode, <laughs> fetus pose or whatever. Um, but I just I like to give love to my body, and and kind of think about it as in I'm giving love to my inner child. It has helped me, made me feel really safe, like really really safe. Also, learning to not um, threaten my body, threaten my, my life, if that makes sense. <laughs> this just became dark. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it. But obviously, if you are even putting that as an option, and I feel like we know what we're talking about then your body is going to feel threatened, and it has a good reason to feel threatened. So you need to commit to choosing yourself, and that might take time. It took me some time to not consider that as an option at all. And I think it was especially after my breakup with my ex, I was finally like, I can do hard things by me, and I will never... I I love myself so much I I will never do something like that to myself like I will never harm myself again I used to hurt myself in ways maybe not in the ways that we talk about online but in other ways like pinch myself a lot or scratch myself or even like kind of like just be aggressive towards myself like punch a wall like hurting myself you know Whatever it uh, it was, but it was not good for my body too. So you might be the one creating that feel, threatening feeling at a physical level. And then there's the emotional level. That's where I want to go the most. That's the most exciting part for me. So the emotional level of safety for me, again, it means that you need to make sure that you're surrounded by good people. Believe me, if, if someone is not honoring your emotions, if someone constantly makes you feel like you're crazy for feeling what they think is too much. You know, if someone is constantly gaslighting you or whatever, you're not gonna feel emotionally or mentally safe. You need to literally just walk out of those environments. I'm not kidding you. If you don't walk out of those environments, you will continue to be in survival mode. And I'm saying this from a place of, until I left my relationship with my ex, I did not feel safe. I didn't. Because no matter how much I was building up my own, like, inner world let's say no matter how much work I was doing for myself no matter how much I was showing up for myself I was still choosing to be in a threatening situation I was still allowing myself to do something that I knew did not make me feel safe and actually that was the the turning point for me it was when I realized I don't feel safe with this person emotionally anymore and I know that when I'm when I'm by myself I feel good I feel safe I feel like I honor my emotions, but when I'm around this person, I don't feel that. And and for me, that's not acceptable anymore. You need to walk away, I'm not joking. This is so important, walk away, don't look back. Cause if you don't feel safe, it's, it's never gonna be good. It's never gonna be a good relationship or a good situation, whatever it is, it's just not. Again, you need to discern whether it's the person or the situation, or it's yourself and your own fears. But for example, with my ex, with my ex situation, like it was him and the situation. It was our relationship that did not make me feel safe because it kept perpetuating all the traumas, all the pain. It kept perpetuating like everything. It just it was constantly just, uh, just constantly like threatening me emotionally because it was constantly like putting me face to face with the worst types of pain, which was betrayal, it was deep insecurities, the abandonment, all of those things, I was constantly facing that or feeling like I was about to and, and that isn't good. You cannot grow out of that. You, you can't grow from that, that's what I mean. You can't grow from that. You, you cannot become the butterfly if you don't leave that place I know that because I tried I kept wondering why can't I become the person I want to be with him like why 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 is the universe like pushing me so hard to like leave I didn't get it I felt desperate about it I just didn't want to understand I didn't want to see it but deep down I already did deep down I already saw why I needed to leave I couldn't become this person because I didn't feel safe. And safety is the first thing. So make sure that you're not putting yourself in those situations. But how to create that safety within you. The journaling also helps a lot. Sitting with your emotions, like not neglecting them. If you feel sad, be okay to feel sad. Like allow yourself to cry. Even if you don't know why you're crying allow yourself to be angry like punch pillows don't punch people i don't recommend punch pillows scream at pillows scream screaming is so good it's so liberating shake your body allow your emotions to just leave you know process grief take your time into processing whatever it is that you're processing emotionally it takes time we tend to want to run away because it's so uncomfortable and it is it's not pleasant at all i know that but we need to go there because when we don't go there it just gets stuck in our body and then we don't act from a place of wholeness we don't like we don't act from a place of integrity and love we are in fear and so for me learning to regulate my emotions to feel my emotions it was really important what I mean by regulating my emotions, it's like how to deal with anger, how to navigate all these feelings. Like when I'm angry, again, I, I will maybe punch pillows. I will, I can like shake my body. I can do a workout. It depends on what I feel like I'm, I need to do at that point. It depends on the level of anger. It depends if it's really anger if, or if it's something else. Sometimes it's just masked sadness, you know? So... I do all those things Uh, and regulating your emotions also means learning how to hold space for the good ones. I've heard so many people like achieve things and they're like, oh, but I don't want to get too excited. I'm saying this wrong place if I was that person too, but like you need to get excited and people sometimes don't feel safe to feel excited because they're scared that they're going to be disappointed. But learning how to hold space for those emotions is also about emotional regulation and and learning to navigate those emotions like you need to do that because it flows naturally. Your emotions come and go. They never like last forever. And that's not a bad thing. It's just it's what it is, you know. And, and so we have to also learn how to like hold space for when we feel really passionate about something, excited, when we wanna celebrate, when we wanna yell of happiness, when we wanna run around, because we're so freaking happy when we're in love and it feels like our like heart is gonna burst. Like all those things, we need to learn how to breathe through it. We need to learn how to hold space for it, how to like be there for those emotions, but not drown in them you know like kind of be present in our emotions we don't really become our sadness like we are in that moment maybe we feel sad but we recognize like okay in this moment i feel sad but you understand that it's gonna go just like the clouds you know just like your thoughts they come and go they're always like when you're in meditation you're like you're thinking things and they go and then something new comes up and emotions are just like that they're just like they're constantly flowing through they're constantly flowing in and out and i think when you learn to navigate emotions you feel safer with them or the possibility of feeling some of them like no one wants to be hurt no one wants to feel pain no one wants to feel heartbreak but i do feel safer to feel those emotions because i know that i can overcome them like i know i can deal with them i know that i will not drown i know that i can survive them and you can too that's the truth if you're here you can too see cuz the thing about survival mode that you need to understand is that it means that you're strong as humans the fact that we even have something called survival mode like we're fucking resilient but that resilience was directed towards surviving at the time and now that we don't need to survive anymore because we're actually okay we continue to direct it to survival because we think we still need that because unconsciously we just learn it that way but if you were to put that resilience towards thriving towards creating your dream life towards opening up your heart and embracing love and and all those things you know you are equally strong to do that equally strong to grow if you apply the energy that you are applying to surviving into thriving you will thrive no question i'm so fucking sure of this that's just how it happens like it is so that's the first step it's safety and then it comes trust which it kind of goes alongside safety, but it's learning how to rely on yourself. Because I think survival mode usually happens also because we feel like we, we don't have anyone we can rely on and we can't rely on ourselves. And when you learn to rely on yourself, when you learn to hold space for your emotions, for your thoughts, when you learn to navigate them, when you learn to to just process things from a place of being aware and conscious, mindful and grounded, it's completely different than just being all over the place. Because if you're all over the place, there's no stability. And when there's no stability, what happens like you blow at something and it fucking falls apart. But if you have stability, it's like the the story of the pig and the wolves or no, the three pigs and the wolf or something. You know? you build the best structure, it will not fall apart. No matter what you throw at it, it just won't. You might shake a little. You might like, you know, I don't know how to, you know, you might tumble. I don't know if that's how you say it. Stumble? Yeah, you might stumble, not tumble. (laughs) Tumble is something else. You might stumble. You might almost fall. Maybe you fall, but then you get back up because the structure is so good that like you always you always stay afloat you always find your way back to that stillness and the last thing that i want to say is for you to cultivate safety for you to cultivate self-trust and leave survival mode you need to be committed honestly anything that you want you need to be committed but but i'm not kidding I, everyone that I meet that is in survival mode, I genuinely believe it's delusional, but the Lulu is a Salulu. I genuinely believe that everyone can overcome survival mode. I believe that. I believe that. Maybe some people need more assistance, more guidance, more help, more support. Okay. But I genuinely believe everyone can do it. I believe you can do it. I believe if you feel, if you heard this episode until now, if you're here still, and you relate to some of the things that I said, I know you can overcome it. I know you can find safety and inner stillness. I never thought I would ever be able to fight the inner demons that I had until I realized that I did not need to fight them. I needed to learn to love them. Because when I loved them, they became the softies. <laughs> they became soft. They became they be they they became peaceful. They became kind. They become they became my biggest they became my biggest allies. Wow. When I finally realized, I'm gonna say that again. When I finally realized That I couldn't fight my demons. And I started loving them. Embracing them. Accepting them. Looking them in the face and being like, I see you. I I truly see you. And it is okay. It is not your fault. You needed to survive. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for helping me when I needed that help. Thank you for giving me the tools to to like deal with all of that. To deal with all the pain. If it wasn't for those demons. If it wasn't for that darkness. I wouldn't have been able to overcome those things. Because it was so dark already. You know, like my life, my childhood, my adolescence. It was so hard already. If I did not have weapons. I couldn't fight it but now I don't need weapons anymore, you know? And being able to really look at myself and just being like, it's okay, you are safe now. You are, and constantly reassuring myself of that. Constantly, all the time. Because when something more stressful comes up, when something more challenging comes up, it still feels a bit threatening. It does. And it's a constant work. Like, I'm constantly working through remembering that it's just a perceived threat. Learning how to cultivate safety. Talking to my inner child every single day. Literally. I don't think there's one day that I go without talking to my inner child. I I swear. I just talk to her automatically at this point. I see her inside of me. I feel her because I finally have learned to kind of drop into that softness and it's been transformational I feel at peace I feel safe and in that kind of feminine energy of just being of surrendering I have received so much from the the masculine whether that was people around me money my business random guys <laughs> everything everything I've I've just been receiving much more because I'm dropping I'm dropping into that safety. I'm dropping into that flow. I'm letting it go more and more. Sometimes it's still hard. I'm human. I struggle. For example, in my business like I deal with challenges. You know, I sometimes I'm scared of taking certain steps. Sometimes I'm like this feels too big. This feels threatening to me lately my business feels threatening because i know there's so much potential to grow right now i feel like i'm more clear than ever about the message that i want to share what i want to talk about who i want to talk to you know what my audience is what my purpose is like what i want to create for you guys like what i want to create not in terms of content in terms of like the transformations that i want to bring you know the deep change that i want to bring the deep reflections the prompts of like here take this take it and and use it so you can change too so you can grow and like find this that i never thought i would find which is finding a home within myself because it's good to have community and it is important it's important to have people that love you and support you and believe in you that is important that should not be overlooked at all this is not about being the misindependence misindependent no like it's also about learning how to co-create how, how to cooperate with other people how to co-depend on other people in in a healthy way you know because we are communi- communal beings if that makes sense But I really wanna bring you that. And, And sometimes it scares me because I know it can be big. And a part of me is like, what if I can't handle it? What if it's too big? What if I'm not capable? What if it's too much? What if I'm not enough? Those are still, in a way, me feeling emotionally unsafe, me feeling mentally unsafe to hold such greatness, whatever that is, That's why sometimes you might feel scared of falling in love. Even if that person is like actually healthy and actually good for you. That's why it happens. It's because there is still that wound. And I still have to go back there. I still have to look at those shadows. Look at those demons and and learn to love them. Because they were there to protect me. And now they get to become my angels. My guardian angels. You know what I mean? And I don't know why this is making me cry. It's just been such a a journey, a beautiful journey. And, And I truly have been learning to love my shadows in a way that I never thought I would. I used to sing songs about fighting demons. About there was this band it was called 21 it's called 21 pilots they still exist it's one of my favorite bands my two favorite bands are one direction if you know them you know them but it's like uplifting songs all of that and then there's 21 pilots it's the opposite it's like dark shit. it talks about you know suicide about just existential crisis just talks about like so many things there is this quote I'm just I'm just showing you how dark it was actually he actually it uh, I'm just trying to show you how dark it it actually was and how I felt but one of the lyrics that I just remembered was he thinks that fate might be death dead nothing kills men faster than his own head there was a song it was called migraine I I'm gonna sing it to you guys can I do that okay I've got a migraine, and my pain will range from up, down, and sideways. Thank God it's Fridays, because Fridays will always be better than Sundays, because Sundays are my suicide days. I don't know why they always seem so dismal. Thunderstorms, clouds, snow, and a slight drizzle. Whether it's the weather or the letters by my bed, sometimes death seems better than the migraine in my head. Better be said what the headache represents is me defending in suspense is me suspended in a defenseless test being tested by a ruthless Examinant that's represented best by my depressing thoughts. I do not have writer's block my writer to hates the clock It will not let me sleep I'll guess I sleep when I'm dead and sometimes death seems better than the migraine in my head. That was literally I can't believe I still know that But that was literally it. It was about like having demons. It's about fighting the demons fighting your mind and I felt that I felt that for so long like it was scary inside you know it was so scary inside of myself and and it was such such a chaos it was a war going on like constantly a war within you know and now it's sometimes it's it's a bit chaotic but it feels quiet although there's still stuff there but feels so much more quiet and that peace has allowed me to create the life that you guys see. Sure, I still have a lot that I want to manifest and create in my life, but like I cannot complain. I'm living a life that I never thought I would. Like if you had told me like in 2020 or in 2019 or something like this is the life that you're going to be living and this is how you're going to feel out would- with... Yeah, no fucking way. No fucking way. I didn't know this was possible for me so i know sometimes we don't know that we don't know that it can be better because we've never seen better for ourselves and ultimately we we perceive reality in our own way as our own reality and if we've never seen better in our reality then we don't feel like it's fully possible for us and what i'm trying to say it's that it is it is possible for you to find inner peace. To find safety. To get out of survival mode. And to thrive. I'm telling you. That's why I have this podcast. That's why I create the content that I create. That's why I create the programs that I create. That's why I have the membership. That's why I do what I do. Because I want you guys to, to feel this. To feel this like deep sense of love. It's, it's the best thing ever. It's There's nothing better than knowing that I actually love myself. And it isn't a joke anymore. It isn't just something that I say out loud and it doesn't feel quite true. Like It feels true to my fucking core. I love myself and I love you. And I know deep down you also love yourself. You just have to like take all the shit first, you know? So that was it. I hope you enjoyed this. And if you did, make sure that you follow the podcast because there are episodes coming out every Thursday. And review the podcast for me, please. I would love for more people to find it. So review it with five stars if you like it. You can share it with your friends, with someone that needs to hear this message, with someone that really needs it, you know. And you can also tag me on Instagram. Let me know that you are listening. DM me. Tell me how you felt by listening to this or by watching this. And I will talk to you very, very soon, guys. I love you. And... See you next Tuesday. No? Thursday. (laughs) I'm recording this in in a Tuesday. So see you next Thursday, guys. Bye.